0: Welcome to the Petcash Pod. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. This is the 16th episode of my series where I interview founders, investors, athletes, and the smartest people in sports. Today's guest is Edward Fitzgibbon. He's a co-founder and principal consultant of Sports Rights Tech, which is a specialist advisory business focusing on the intersection of technology, intellectual property, and rights in sports plus entertainment. They are in an Australian-based group, but they have a ton of experience all across the globe, and especially in India which is why today's episode is focused heavily on the growth of the Indian sport ecosystem. We do deep dives into many interesting factors uh, from grassroots programs, crickets, other sports, and microeconomics, macroeconomics, but tying it all into sports and why I'm extremely bullish on India's future growth. I think you'll walk away from this conversation knowing much more than you came in with. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you do as well. Let's dive in. Eddie, what's up, brother? Appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast today. Excited to uh, talk a little bit about India today.
1: Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, we've been we've been talking a little bit over the last couple of months on a range of things. So yeah, it's good to good to be with you and dive in.
0: Yep. And uh, well, first things first. Not everyone can see this, but you got the India, you know, championship picture behind you, um, which is awesome. And uh, I guess kind of let's just start off with you know what what brought you the fascination to India not just as a country but then obviously tying it together to sports where did that all start for you and um, how has it evolved over the years
1: yeah I mean it probably started when I'm a cricket fan have been since you know that was my first ever sport in Australia and the fascination with um, the Australian cricket team of of my team on the Aussie um, when they were touring India it was just this whole kind of where are they going? What, what is this place? And there was all these crazy stories. And this is like India in the you know late 80s um, of, you know, they're having to pack their own food and it's so vibrant, and amazing kind of country. And it was just so such an interesting kind of thing to get my head around as a kind of young kid about this foreign country, which just sounded incredible, um, which is, you know, by the way, incredible India is one of their slogans that they had um, back in the day. And it certainly applies to that country. Um, and then fast forward a little bit, you know, getting a little bit more mature, my, my, my mother actually um, uh, works in NGB space and she went over to India for two years to work with NGBs, um, just totally off her own bat, you know, for free and she, she lived in Delhi for two years and um, my girlfriend now my wife and I went over there and visited her, um, first time we've been in India and just blew our minds, it was just crazy, like it was just amazing, we spent I think a month there Primarily in the north of the country, kind of Delhi, um, Shimla, Agra, um, up in the up in the mountains there, and you know just the food, the people, the sport, the it was just absolutely mind blowing. I'll I tell anyone who, who has an interest in travel to, that India is a must must um, see and go place. And then kind of moving into my professional career. Working uh, International Cricket Council, the ICC, um, global governing body of sport for cricket, um, of which India has a huge um, kind of uh, say in a lot of things that happen in that sport, um, which for good reason, like they, you know, they bring in majority of revenue, and we'll obviously dive into this later on. They, they have a, a, a an outsized kind of power dynamic in that in that sport. Um, I got to know a lot of kind of. Uh, really powerful, interesting Indian uh, people over the time, spent a lot of time there having you know, going on events um, for the Cricket Kr- World Cup, for example, were just, just behind me. Um, and then when I kind of moved to the States, um, I was there for five years, was was always just keeping in touch with a lot of kind of good guys out of India um, that had I'd met in the US, um, Indian guys um, and girls coming over to work, like studying in the US, and they were either moving back or they were just doing interesting stuff. So I just kind of kept an eye on the sport there. And now I'm back in Australia, um, and with my um, business, uh, we've got a we've got an Indian guy from from Delhi who's done his MBA in in, in Australia. Um, we'll dive into a bit more. He's just been there recently, and um, has got some really interesting insights out of the country. So it's kind of like a long kind of journey of fascination within the country uh, and you know i'm super bullish on it um for the kind of medium to long term particularly in and around sport
0: yeah I, I uh got something random here i'm just curious you lived dubai india states australia all over the place where's your uh you know what was the the favorite spot for you if you had to like pick one spot for the rest of your life
1: oh <laughs> I, I didn't live in india I, I, I traveled there a lot um okay uh, but oh man that's a tough question I, I love them all um i'd have to say australia <laughs> it's like it's just it, it's the perfect meld of everything um i do love the dynamism of the, the, the states in business and in sport in particular um, the middle east is very innovative and it's, it's it's a great country um dubai in particular is an amazing city um but australia is just you know I, it's it's my home country the weather is amazing the sport is incredible so australia but it's a t- yeah, tough question yeah
0: well, I'm sure. Nah, I just had to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> I was just more curious myself because the beach sounds really nice, much better than the snow outside my window right now. <laughs> but uh, I guess, kind of on that front, you talked a little bit about your business. Um, why don't you go into that sports rights tech? I always forget the s's uh, and what you do because you guys are doing some awesome things. You have some big players on your team, and I think that will kind of lay the groundwork and the framework for you know why you even have the expertise. And uh, you know the subject matter expert really to talk about these uh, India growth.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's pretty short and sweet. I mean it's sports rights tech. So we work in um, sports, so that's existing rights holders, but more and more um, new and up and coming kind of sports and 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 properties that we help cap raise for and provide the whole kind of commercial structuring in and around those those new sports. So uh, yeah, some really interesting things. Coming up there. Um, we also work with some existing rights holders um, in Australia, but more and more globally. Probably 8020 is our kind of global, you know, 80 global um, clients, 20% Australia, um, just advising on you know, commercial advisory. Uh, rights, you know, one of our other founders, Judith Griggs, um, is you know, Formula Formula One at 27 years and one of the best rights and IP kind of commercial people. In the world Um, just an incredible person to learn off Um, so she kind of runs the kind of rights side of of the business ip assets um, understanding what assets uh rights holders have and what they also should be thinking about um, outside of their current scope of assets and then tech obviously ties quite nicely into india as an up-and-coming tech um hub um we work with a lot of kind of startups and and scale ups in helping them grow um, from go-to-market strategy, customer success strategies, um, capital raising, um, pricing strategies, and that's because we've we uh, the five of the six of us um, were in a, a group called Sponsor, which ultimately sold to um, Core Software, and we provide um, and we did that within a three month three year span, and we've got like expertise in helping kind of startups and in and grow um, in different markets. And, you know, all, all of that stuff feeds into India. Um, we've got a couple of clients in India at the moment, and we're looking to, you know, certainly ramp up that area because of the bullishness that we have.
0: Yeah. And I guess kind of go into that bullishness. You know, why are you not only you, but a lot of foreign entities and just even people within India, you know, what is the reason for this growth? And, uh, you know, why is everyone so bullish on India?
1: There's a number of things, um, but you know, just just to list off a couple um, demographics. I think you, know, and you mentioned in one of your newsletters uh, that the average age of, of India is is 28. Um, for most other countries in the world, uh, particularly as large a scale as, as India, that that is skewed much higher. Um, they're English speaking and democratic, um, which uh, which obviously helps with businesses such as you know, America, Australia, these kind of Western societies have a little bit more confidence in being able to kind of invest and do, do business there. Um, capital availability is starting to flow in there. Digital stacks, um, the talent pool is, you know, wide and deep, particularly in kind of technology, which you, you write about this a lot. Um, right. that, that is kind of the next forefront of kind of where sport is going to be going from a commercial perspective is really leaning into digital technology and the talent pool there. Um, there is support from regulators and and, and the government. Um, re- reasonable stability in the economy um, right now, and I think that's only going to get more and more stable. Uh, consumer readiness for tech, and you know you just see the the, the tech adoption of mobile. Um, Mobile usage in India has just you know gone through gone through the roof, and everyone's getting you know technology and 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 mobile phones very early in um, their development. Uh, Real time payments is really interesting um, thing which has you know been facilitated by the government and, and other kind of private entities. So most people are moving away in India, moving away from from cash. There was actually interesting mm-hmm. enough. There was 2016, I think there was a big cash crisis in India where the government. Pulled a lot of the cash out of the um, out of the system, and there was a you know th- th- there was a bit of a run for cash in the banking system. But they've kind of balanced that out interestingly with now this kind of real time payment um, mobile system, um, and obviously you know, smartphones and and five G. And there, like, there are um, I've actually and, and I've referenced a couple of things there. There's there's a really interesting um, podcast on the general Indian kind of opportunity from a business wide perspective that um, from the Colossus Group. Um, which is yeah, called Understanding great, India. Yeah, they have some great underst- stuff.
0: Yeah, I remember yeah, you they're, sent they're, me. That was good.
1: Yeah, so um, um, a, a couple of things I'm going to be referencing from them because that's just at the macro level, but you know, then obviously we can kind of dive into the sports side of things as well. So yeah, that was just a starting list for it.
0: I think a great place to start is actually at the grassroots level because India has a very unique system or at least the way it's been set up where cricket was the main sport and now they're starting to get you know, other sports are becoming more popular. But they and and I'm kind of referencing the report here that uh, we got from Yash, um, which is fascinating, maybe we'll turn it into a newsletter slash a podcast kind of when this comes out, it kind of talks about how the professional leagues were established first, and then the grassroots systems were looked at second. If you're able to just go into a little bit, you know how that makes it unique. And then also, you know where is it going and how are they developing this grassroots system to really become a global player, not just in cricket, but all of sports?
1: Before I do, yeah, just shout out to Yash on our team, um, yep. he's the, the Indian guy who, um, who we started with about six months ago and he went to India, he just got back literally last week and put a report together. He met with a bunch of my networks and his networks um, and you know, found some kind of fascinating insights on in, in real time when, as it relates to sport in India and Yeah, one of those things is grassroots sport and um, you're right, like traditionally grassroots sport in India has been um, literally kids playing out in car parks and on the fields and just picking up a cricket bat and ball and playing and I remember that the first time I went to India. Um, You would just walk past a big open field or a car park and there would just be hundreds of, literally hundreds of games of cricket going on, crossing over each other, um, people running into each other. It was... And I got as this big, tall, you know, white guy. I got invited to, to bowl um, and play with these kids. Um, one of the most memorable times was on the River Ganges in Varanasi. Um, I was asked to you know come and bowl some bounces at one of the best batsmen there, and he absolutely creamy for six in, into the into the Ganges. It was still a um, incredible moment for me. But um, that's kind of what grassroots cricket's been. Um, traditionally in India now and you know the Indian cricket team the IPL you see the valuations you see um, the money sloshing around there which is fantastic but that's just been built from talent um, and not a great deal of kind of um, infrastructure grassroots infrastructure um, traditionally now that's kind of changing a little bit now Um, so grassroots you know structured cricket um, does you know in, in comparison to Australia which is a very regimented structural way um, of bringing kids through a system, Milo cricket to great to, to youth cricket to grade cricket up into the national team, um, India you know, doesn't have anything like that. Um, and once they and they're starting to develop it, and once they do in cricket and 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 also in other sports, then watch out because that talent is deep mm-hmm. and wide, um, and you know, it's going to be yeah. Watch out world because coming from a performance perspective.
0: Why don't you go into a little bit? Just because I didn't even really realize this even a year ago, just how popular cricket is.
1: The reality is the vast majority of Indian um, Indians, uh, not just in India but globally, cricket is their number one sport, and all other sports are you know very very far down the totem pole. Um, You just need to see the valuation of those IPL teams, which have you know I think recently a couple of them have moved into the top ten most valuable sports teams in the world you know it, it, with a couple of premier league clubs and some nfl clubs and you know you just look at the um the, the price paid for the indian um women's uh, premier league which is about to start like over, over i think it's close to 600 million us dollars for five franchises or something like that um so that's just incredible uh the, the vast majority of the population in India, you know, they they sit down and watch the IPL as almost like their soap opera, like you know traditionally the, the soap opera the family would sit down um, and watch you know whatever it is Days of Our Lives or Home and Away or <laughs> whatever it is, um, but the now the Indian Premier League is that is that form of entertainment for the family when it's on everyone gets down and uh, gets down and sits as a family and watches it. So, yeah. It, it can't be overstated how big cricket is in India. I think it makes up, you know, close to 80% of, or, or maybe even more of, of the global revenue for cricket. Um, so it's just, it, it's it's almost, it's almost mind blowing. Um, the kind of numbers when you start looking at it.
0: Yeah. And why hasn't cricket caught on as much in Western countries, especially, you know, relating to North America?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you could go into a whole number of reasons. I mean, North America's, really interesting study in it um yeah and you can go w- way back to history when you know uh, cricket is ostensibly an english game right um and you know i don't want to give the americans a, a lesson in history here but there's obviously a, a big you know um uh there was a big shift of kind of we want to be america and not follow the english so baseball became the national past time of of um of, uh, of the US and cricket kind of um, fell away but interestingly enough the first ever I believe the first ever international cricket match ever played was actually played in uh, the US so um, I'm, 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 I'm certain of that. Um, fast forward to now and it's starting to pick up steam and that's primarily through kind of, um, immigration um, reasons there's a lot of Indians, Pakistanis, Bangladeshi,s Sri Lankans. There's a smattering of Aussies and you know um, English in the US, but there's a lot of kind of um, immigrants who have moved their second, third generation Indian, as I said, subcontinental people who are you know over-index on kind of their uh, uh, net net worth and annual income, and they're starting to drive interest in cricket. Um, there a couple of examples there. I, I worked on a, a, an event called the Cricket All-Stars in 2015. Um, in, in, uh, we played at City Field, um, Minute Maid Park and, and Dodger Stadium. And we got an average of 32,000 people to those games for um, kind of a legend series. Um, and then in, when India play uh, West Indies in Fort Lauderdale over the last couple of years, those tickets sell out in a second. You know, average ticket price $250-ish. Um, people fly from all over the US and and from around the world to go and watch India play West Indies in in Fort Lauderdale. And then you've got Major League Cricket, which is just going to start this year in a couple of months. Um, And they've, I think, raised around $100 million so far from various investors, including um, those in in the US, to start this kind of new league. So it's coming. Um, There's been some governance challenges and there's been all sorts of other... Um, reasons why the U.S. You know, national team hasn't hit the heights that it probably should. But uh, I think we're at a tipping point now. So it's going to be interesting to see how it develops.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Isn't uh, twenty eight a big year or something for the U.S. in cricket? Like the league starts then or something like that?
1: Yeah, no. So the, league's, the league starts, I think, it's a soft launch 20, in twenty uh, this year, I believe, um, yeah. in Dallas. They're just going to play a series kind of matches in, in one venue in Dallas. But the, the 28 that you reference is... India is trying to get into the Olympics um, the LA Olympics gotcha. um, and there's a big I think they're deciding later this year on on it. there's a number of other sports which can, can come in and but there's been a big push from the ICC in particular and also um, some, some key people within um, the BCCI which is the owner of owners of kind of cricket in India to really push that along and if that happens then yeah that's going to be huge for the sport in in, in North America.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a great segue too now to basically touch on the other Indian sports. Because it's cricket's continuing to grow in India. Obviously, it's now really starting to monetize with the IPL and the valuations you talked about. But we're also seeing the emergence of kabaddi, paddle, soccer, basketball. I'm really curious not only what Yash, what he was finding on the ground, but also just what you've seen um, or what you've worked with, whether companies or whatever. On uh, these other sports in India and how they're growing.
1: Yeah, look, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, cricket again, cricket is the number one A B C D E F. Um, but there are a number of other sports which are starting to get real real traction. So football, the Indian uh, Super League, is starting to develop some um, develop really nicely. You mentioned kabaddi, which for those who, who don't know, it's a you. you it's hard to explain, so people you, you probably jump on YouTube, but it's kind of a mixture between tag and wrestling and various other sports, very, very Indian um, uh, kind of uh, historical kind of sport, which is um, gaining a lot of traction as well. There's, there's volleyball. Volleyball has got a huge user base um, or participation base, I should say, in India, and they've got the Prime Volleyball League there, which has gone through its challenges, but is, is, you know, is, is going really well. And then there's esports as well, um, yeah. and we like it's a couple of our clients are in the esports space in India that we're kind of helping them navigate that. And you know, when you look at all those kind of reasons why India that I started off with, um, that certainly fits in with the esports opportunity there. Now, look is is India going to or is are these sports going to overtake cricket anytime soon? I don't think so. Um, will it ever? Probably doubtful, but the sheer number the, the sheer population numbers um it's a young demographic they're all looking at sport um and these kind of sports you know um are going to rise in india um come hell or high water so yeah there's a couple of those sports are interesting to check out
0: yeah and something else interesting you talked about in two different segments you talked about how there's a young you know India's one of the youngest countries or not? i think they might actually be the youngest country in the in the world but then also the rise of smartphones and social media and then we talk about the power of athletes and how someone like LeBron James is something I talk about a lot you know how he can make all these investments and really push things forward but in India there's people like Virat Kohli who's a cricket player there's a bunch of others i know one just started like a 75 million dollar venture fund mm-hmm. what what does that look like and how popular famous you know how much of a celebrity status do some of these indian cricket players or just athletes as a whole have
1: Oh, yeah, again, like unbelievable. I think, yeah, um, Kohli, um, guys, people like Rat Coley, MS Dhoni, and such in Tendulkar, these kind of have been through the last kind of 20 years or so have been the top guys in, in cricket in India, and they are like they are like gods in in that country. So, I think it was Shaka Dawan. I think it was the guy who raised the 75 million dollar fund. Yep. I know there's a couple of other funds, um, relating to sports tech um coming up that we're currently talking to um as they look to kind of capitalize on uh athlete engagement and social media uh as they look to uh, harness digital um and tech uh kind of stacks and and that that workforce in india to try to you know find the next um dream 11 which we can you know have, have a quick Quick, quick chat about as well because they're an incredible yeah. kind of unicorn company. Um, so, I'm 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 really interested in how um, Shaka uh investment is going to go. I think you you, know, you speak about this a lot, and I couldn't agree more. That the power of the athlete is only going to get bigger and bigger. People follow athletes, not really teams, and particularly not uh, cricket boards or you know or, or associations. So I think there's going to be more and more of these as these um, as these athletes look to capitalize on their um, their kind of, I, I was going to say Hollywood status, but it's it's Bollywood status over there. Um, <laughs> it so, is Bollywood. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's going to be fascinating because, um, yeah, Shaka, Shaka Dalwan's going to be the first of many, no doubt.
0: I guess you can say South America, but really Europe and the soccer players, football players there, and they have that status. Then you look at America, it's really basketball and American football players, but then there's India that cricket, and these guys are kind of five ten years behind the influence that a LeBron has, or a Harry Kane, or, or you know fill in the fill in the blank. And then Australia has it at a smaller level too, with Australian football, and um, we won't go into that today. But I'd love to have another conversation about Australia at some point. Nonetheless, where I want to go on this, you brought up Dream Eleven. I think let's pull it back actually a little first. What kind of technologies are we seeing? at the the ground floor of india and where is that space going in terms of like sports technology
1: mm. well we see yeah, it's a good question like, we see a lot of we see a lot of decks and a lot of opportunities coming out of india through you know yash and my network and it's interesting just just as a, a on a kind of macro level there's a quite a there's quite a lot of people who are moving kind of back from the us or australia or or the uk um, who who want to go back home to India and subcontinent for you know family reasons, COVID reasons, whatever it is, and they're bringing their expertise, knowledge of these kind of more advanced, I suppose, Western tech markets back to back to India, for example, and looking to build their own um, tech kind of platforms there. And, and you know, there's some really interesting stuff coming out of there that we're considering, you know, looking at helping, advising whatever that looks like. I think just, just to provide a little bit of context as well, and you've kind of mentioned it before, India is a little bit, the reality is they are a little bit behind <clears throat> um, in many ways, kind of the sports, the, the, the cutting edge of sports innovation technology, um, you know, even, even, even to the point where you know, sponsorship, you seen more of a kind of branding and eyeball play rather than a fully integrated um, you know, uh, kind of partnership. Which is certainly the case in more of the advanced um, and mature sports markets. So there does need to be that kind of um, lens on it that uh, India does need a little bit of more help in getting to that level of kind of maximizing, you know, fan engagement tools, CRM tools, um, valuation metrics. Um, it's certainly catching up, but there's still a little bit of work to be done. But then you look at, um, yeah, and I know you mentioned your newsletter as well, like the 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 Fan Craze, um, Rario, and the Dream 11 um, type type uh, businesses, which has got a fantasy, Web3, gaming. Uh, those are the ones with, where I think India is swiftly going to take over um, some of the more mature markets just because of this rate of mobile adoption. Um, you know, Web3 in particular in crypto, I think in India is going to be interesting. There's some regulatory challenges around crypto there, but Web3 generally, I mean, you're looking at, younger demographics who are going to be taking up the use of kind of web 3 nfts um use of use of blockchain and that fits exactly in with that kind of demographic discussion around india so um there's so many interesting companies being built in india we uh, we see a couple a week um so yeah i'm I'm, uh, I'm 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 super bullish on that 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 sector for sure
0: yeah and i think what's interesting on that too like we say it's five to ten years behind in several things but also i like to say at the same time some of the web3 blockchain they're actually ahead of the curve and they have all these developers and they have the young age and they have the social media so it's like are they actually 5 to 10 years ahead or could we mm-hmm. hit this inflection point where actually like they skip almost 10 years and then they're ahead of the curve and yeah. that could happen too i don't know that would be that would really shake shake some things up just not only in sports but you know just in business macroeconomics as a whole but you did mention it before I want to talk a little bit about Dream Sports. Um, in one of my newsletters, I kind of mentioned, and this might be inaccurate. You might be able to fill in the gaps a little here, but it'd be almost like if DraftKings, ESPN, Electronic Arts, and Sequoia Capital were right. one ecosystem, where they really right. have they're 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 a true conglomerate, a massive one. And uh, I think it'd be super interesting to kind of get your take and and explore a little bit of you know what they are what what they do, why they're so powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're a fascinating case study. I actually remember when I first heard about them um, in kind of – I think it was around about when I first moved to the U.S. in 2015 and one of my kind of friends was kind of advising them on kind of their fantasy sports product and I didn't think much of them. I mean, you, you hear about these things and they kind of go away after, you know, um, they get a bit of buzz and then they kind of go away. But they uh, – I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about what they are. Um, they are just this huge conglomerate, which is just built, being built basically from 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 you know ostensibly the fantasy sports IPL um, business to start with. That was just it was just you know, again mobile phone usage, cricket, um, you know, f- fantasy um, friend friendly. Everyone was sharing um, you know what their fantasy team was going to be for Dream Eleven. And that was the genesis of it. And since then, they've you know raised you know, a truckload of money, um, or is it uh, you know got an eight billion dollar valuation at the moment? Um, fan Fan Code is part of their. So so, so let, let's just break it down. So the Dream Eleven, which has kind of the fantasy platform, which I mentioned, Fan Code, which is the multi sports aggregator platform, um, DreamX, which is the sports accelerator. So this is again back into that um, sports tech. Uh, investment fund of which they're starting to become more and more, and then they've got got a philanthropic arm. I know they've done a whole bunch of investments in, um, and in in much smaller companies as well that they're hoping to bring into the ecosystem. So it's just a uh, you know whether this could be done in in the US with antitrust and things like that, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's a it's great for India and it's great. I think globally that so- someone. Someone out of um, India is being able to build some of this at that type of valuation because it does it does kind of give aspirational um, uh, thoughts for all these builders that are in India that are doing amazing things in tech that we see all the time.
0: And if you, and this was not an easy question to answer, but it just kind of popped in my head. I'm curious what you have to say, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this. Actually, 10% of the audience is from India. And a lot of these people, they either are building companies or want to start. If you were to say, like, even if it's American that wants to go and build a company in India, or someone in India that wants to build a company, you know what? What would your initial advice be, right for them, and like what to focus on, or, or in areas that you see deficiencies that you think could be cool for them to build in that have a ton of opportunity?
1: Oh well, that's yeah, that's that's it. That's an interesting question. Um, just just in relation to sport, I'm going to say. Um, yeah. I think there's a, <clears throat> I think there's a real opportunity to <clears throat> cross that gap between the professional sports of the world, the IPLs and the grassroots stuff that we discussed before. again there's there's no real kind of um, structural pathway and there probably never will be because the talent pool is so big and wide. but how do you you know for example, this is just an example that' I've thought about a little bit. Um, obviously AI is on on everyone's lips at the moment, um, how do you use AI to best identify um, top quality talent that is playing in rural parts of India? How do you get give them, you know, coaching advice through, you know, a technology platform to help them get better, scale, grow? But in India and Australia are having, like, they're about to start a, a test match series, and you know, they're a couple of best two teams in the world. India's top sport is cricket, as we've discussed. And they've got you know 1.2 billion people or whatever it is. Australia, cricket is probably Australia's second sport after AFL, and Australia has 25 million people. But we're still kind of on the same kind of level ish. Now, if you can harness um, the talent pool um, through technology, AI, coaching, um, and you know, with the with with the love of cricket in India, I, India show. And it's a bit scary, isn't Aussie in a, a, a fan of cricket um, India should be absolutely pounding us in you know five ten years once you once you get that right so that would that would be a, like a really interesting sector um, A couple of other ones would be I think just providing a little bit more um, kind of uh, I suppose uh, maturity around um, sponsorship uh, Nil um, just generally general commercial operations for brands to partner with sports teams um, because it is a little bit behind it's it's it, there's quite a it's just it's more about brand awareness um, logo you know logo slapping which you know it's fine for particularly in, in a market like India but I think at some point as the Indian market grows and becomes more mature, more mature themselves there needs to be a little bit more thought around you know valuations of partnerships um, why are we doing this what's the ROI um, so that would be kind of two areas which I'd be I'd, I'd be keen to see kind of founders look to look to build
0: I liked your uh, point I just want to call it out in case anyone missed it. you said AI is on everyone's lips right now that is so true I, like I'm seeing these pitches that I swear I saw like companies maybe six months ago 12 months ago and it's like they've come back and now they have like some AI component I'm like really do you actually have an yeah. AI component or is that just like what you're saying but, well, it's a bit
1: like it's it's a bit like NFTs and blockchain, right? It's like okay, now it's and I saw a meme the other day. It was about um, everyone who's in who was in Web three and blockchain uh, twelve months ago now are suddenly AI experts.
0: Oh, I know. I see it on Twitter. It's like you see these <laughs> accounts, and now they they were you know they just follow the trend. But you did mention something interesting in there that I want to go a little further on. You talked about the name, image, and likeness NIL, which I know most of the listeners right now are probably thinking, oh, college sports, high school sports, monetize. But it's been around forever, and it's more around the endorsements and you know benefiting from your name image and likeness. What is the agency and like business partner type status? like is that developed in India? Do a lot of these top players have that? Are there CAAs and, and Excel man you know are there the big three letter agencies in that ecosystem?
1: Yeah, there are. JSW um, sports, um, ITW sports. I might be wrong because I haven't delved, delved into it too far, but it seems to me like there's these bit. It's almost and it's an interesting point. So in India, and this is from that kind of Colossus podcast as well, which I found really interesting around kind of trust. Um, as India is a, it's a bit of a tangent, but just bear with me because I will bring it back. Um, India is a kind of a low trust society, so that means either trust is hyper local, so you trust your family, extended family, and community, or hyper national, you trust mega brands and conglomerates and there's kind of nothing in between so that's why i see dream 11 get so big because people trust them because they establish themselves as the best fantasy player they're building and growing and really leaning on that hyper national nature you look at um some of the other massive conglomerates in india which have you know reliance um jsw for example they they've got you know they're in concrete or oil or um petroleum but also they own sports teams and things like that because there's an element of trust there but there's also the hot the, the hyper local stuff and I think that kind of um, plays in a lot into the kind of player agent side of things there are <clears throat> made like big major players which own the vast majority or own the not own but own the rights to market those that that particular talent just because of that kind of um, cultural kind of trust factor so it's a, it's a really whereas you know in a Western society we, we like to think it's a little bit more um, Fragmented, I suppose. We don't, you know, I don't know you, but most of us, we, we don't really trust Google and Facebook and you know Twitter to own all of our data and to and, and to do things for us. So it's a very different kind of model between kind of um, India and kind of the Western society on on that trust side of things.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad you tied it all together. That's super interesting. I did not know about that at all. In terms <clears throat> of like youth sports, is that is that pretty commercialized?
1: I mean, I haven't. <clears throat> To be fair, I haven't spent a whole great deal of time analysing the youth sports side of things. my focus is pr- primarily on kind of technology and professional sports. But I think back to that grassroots thing, um, and what kind of Yash, you know fed through it is it's it's pretty it's pretty limited. Um, I mean, you just like, it's but that's the reality of the country. I mean, there's just so many people playing primarily unstructured sport again cricket out in the. Playgrounds, and you know, if someone gets spotted, you know, and bring me into the system, then great. Um, but from a kind of a structural youth sport, it's I, I don't believe it's there. So again, if if, if people want to, you, know, um, you know, tech builders, founders want to look at that area um, of kind of providing a little bit more structure and, and provide talent talent pathways, um, <clears throat> then that's a then that's a massive opportunity in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to speak um, with, with, uh, with confidence on it, but I believe it's you know, extremely um, you know, kind of fractured and, and there's no real development process. Um, so that's a yeah, huge opportunity.
0: I mean, Eddie, I, I kind of got through everything. I don't know if I missed anything that you want to touch on. I mean, this, is, this has been awesome, um, not only for me, but hopefully for everyone else. Is there anything you kind of want to extend a little further on or you think that we should touch on?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, there's, there's, it's just such a big, fascinating, interesting country that is it has so much going for it in the like well, both now, but in the medium to to long term. Um, you know, people are talking about China as the the biggest opportunity in kind of growth for sport. You know, for particularly like NBA did a lot of a lot of stuff in. In China, but now um, you know for, for you know Daryl Mori and other things, you know, that's kind of um, moved away. Particularly with you know, so the geopolitics, I think, of, of of the world is moving in India's direction. You layer that on with the demographics, the tech adoption, the you know English speaking nature of it. Um, it's just it, it, it it's almost um, too obvious in a lot of ways. Um, Cricket is always going to be the number one, but there's a lot of opportunities for other for other sports to kind of come in and grab a slice of the pie. I think they're going to need some help um, in in building that. But as I said, there's a lot of interesting people that are moving back to India from you know Western countries who are bringing their expertise, and India's you know got more than enough talent to uh, to to build and develop the sports ecosystem. So I'm going to be fascinated to see how it, to see how it rolls.
0: Yeah, if you like sports. If you like business or entrepreneurship, India is a uh, great place. But no, Eddie, this has been awesome. I guess just kind of let everyone know where they can learn more about you, get in contact with you, and uh, obviously sports rights tech as well. Uh, any of your stuff with that? If you can just let us know where to find you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Eddie. No, just just on LinkedIn, Edward Fitzgibbon um, and SportsRightsTech Yeah, just uh, we do we do a whole bunch of work in <clears throat> in US, Europe, India. At Australia, um, always looking for new, interesting things. We like, we like, we like working on new tech. We like working on new properties. We like working on with innovative rights holders. So yeah, appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to speak about amazing country. I want to, I want to get back over there now again. It's um, I want to go see an IPL game. So we'll have to go together at some point, man.
0: Yeah. We might need to make that trip. (laughs) I need to, I need to get, there's so many places I need to get. And one of them is, uh, (laughs) Australia Another ones, India. So maybe, you know, we just, we knock two boxes off at one time, uh, get to an india match that would that would be awesome but appreciate you coming on and um for anyone listening we're gonna have eddie on again he's uh got a lot of cool expertise in in other areas australia will will probably be the next one
1: awesome man love it no worries pleasure enjoyed it